It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Packers, your daily Green Bay Packers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. R-E-L-A-X. Relax. We're going to be okay. It is time. It is time. I feel like we can win the table. We're going to do it. You are Locked On Packers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Peter Bukowski, and I cover the Packers for SB Nation. I cover the NFL around the internet, and you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked On Packers. You can like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked On Packers, the number one Packers podcast in the state of Wisconsin. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. We are here live on Periscope Friday ahead of week five. The Green Bay Packers against the Dallas Cowboys in Dallas. And we have a lot to get to. A momentous injury report. Probably the most momentous of the season to date. So the Packers did officially rule out Devontae Adams. And that becomes problematic for this team for a lot of different reasons. We're going to get to that in a little bit because there were a lot of people that had a lot of questions about that. I want to start with some of the players that the Packers are going to get back from injury because Montrevious Adams look like, looks like he is going to play. Oren Burks, it looks like he is going to play. And those for the Packers run defense in particular are extremely important This is a week where Green Bay is going to have to stop Zeke Elliott. I know the expectation is that Dallas is going to come in and they're just going to run, run, run. I'm not convinced that's the case, uh, and I'm not convinced they're going to have an enormous amount of success doing it. I think, though, that Mike Patton is going to be okay with some level of success running the ball from Dallas if he can get them in third and long situations and if he can buckle down in the red zone, create a turnover or two, and the guys Dallas has on the field offensively, that's going to play a big role too. Tyron Smith already ruled out. Lyle Collins has been dealing with a back problem. Even if he can go, he is going to be less than his 100% self. And against Preston Smith and Zadarius Smith, and even Rashawn Gary, Kyler Fackrell is questionable. Looks like he's going to get a chance to play. Tim Williams will probably be available in limited snaps. So this Packers pass rush can get after Dallas a little bit. I think the defense is in a pretty good position, even with Kevin King out. Uh, because Dallas, I know Michael Gallup had a nice start to his season. I don't know that we can believe anything we saw from Dallas week one through three. They played a bad Giants team with Eli Manning. They played the worst team of the last 15 years in the Miami Dolphins. And they beat a Washington team that is currently on fire. And I don't mean that in a good way. I mean like on fire like you see a garbage can uh, in a bad neighborhood. So I understand that you you, you would rather have someone like Kevin King. But is Michael Gallup really that special? I don't know. I don't know. I know a lot of people liked him coming out, uh, but, you know, 
I think Josh Jackson, if you're just going to match talent for talent, Michael Gallup is the kind of player who Josh Jackson should have some success against. He is not a true deep threat. He is not someone who is going to come out and cook you with route running. Not, not really anyway. So this is a good test for Josh Jackson. I think it is an important opportunity for him to show what he has because if Kevin King can't stay healthy, if Kevin King can't stay on the field, then you have to rely on Josh Jackson long-term. And, and what we need to see from him is an opportunity to go out and prove that he deserves that opportunity and, and that he deserves more playing time as a cornerback who is going to have to play a lot of snaps again if Kevin King cannot go. Montrevious Adams is also a player that I think his impact on this team is underrated. Uh, the run defense with and without him, I mean, in some ways it speaks for itself. Uh, he is a big body. He can play inside. He can play outside. And it, it is, you know, it, it is going to be a test for him to be sure. Zach Martin is really good. Travis Frederick is really good. So, you know, the, it's not like he's going to come in and all of a sudden this is going to make this team super special as a run defense. No. But this is, remember, a better run defense by efficiency coming in than the Saints were last week. The Saints went and and just took the game to Dallas. And Green Bay, look, we've seen them dominate games. We've seen their front dominate. They have to go out and do it. Now, whether they're actually going to do that is a big question. I thought they had some advantages structurally last week as well. And Philly took it to them. So you have to avoid that part of a letdown this week. And then, you know, the other name as part of all this these injuries that that has a potential impact on the field is is Jamal Williams. Jamal Williams not going to play on Sunday with that concussion. We don't know. I mean, this this is not the kind of injury that could just be you know one week and done. Uh, he this could be a long term thing for them, and and that's something that I, I don't think you know it gets talked about enough. Just because these head injuries are normally you know you you get five days off and then you go out and play. It's not going to be the case this week, and and given that he had to spend the night in the hospital, I don't think we should expect that this is just the kind of thing that they can they can hand wave. Dexter Williams is going to have to play. He's going to have to play meaningful snaps for this offense, and is he ready for that? We don't know. We have we really have no way of knowing, and I don't know if the coaches even know. He has not played in the NFL as a professional in the regular season, and only showed. A little bit in the preseason, you know, there were there were two games where he looked good and, you know, a game where he looked bad. Now, we have heard all the right things about the work that he's been doing. The coaches have have said all the right things about him being in the classroom and, and his him taking those mental reps and making progress. Aaron Jones has been talking about, uh, you know, the, the progress that he's been making, but he hasn't been active on game day. He has not been you know, even a thought in these game plans. Now, is that telling or is that just saying, you know, there are, there is value at these other positions that the Packers need for special teams and all this other stuff? We don't know that right now. If Williams goes out there and struggles and doesn't know his responsibilities or, you know, doesn't have the blitz pickups or, you know, is, is slow to react to what's happening in the game, then we'll know that he wasn't active because he wasn't ready. The Packers need to get him ready to play. Now, we didn't know two years ago if Aaron Jones 
was going to be ready for his game against Dallas. And he went out there and went for a buck 20 in the touchdown. Now, I'm not saying that's the same situation. I'm not saying they're the same player. I'm not saying that's definitely going to happen. What I'm saying is we didn't know. There was, there was no evidence to suggest Aaron Jones would be that good. There just isn't when he goes and does that. Not really anyway. An unproven running back making that kind of impact early in his rookie season. And we saw what happened. We saw what he became. Again, not saying that's Aaron Jones and Dexter Williams are the exact same player, and that's definitely going to happen with, with Dex. I think Packer fans can can look at it and say, hey, it's happened before. But it's certainly not something that they can say, this is definitely going to happen this week. All right, before we move on, I want to talk to you about my bookie. I don't know about you guys, but... You know, let's say you're watching last night. Really fun end of that game. It'd be even more fun if you had a little bit of action on everything that's going on. So if you're going to bet and where you're betting is just as important as who you're betting on, do it at my bookie. If you're if you want to support your team, it's great. It's great. Support your team, but support your team with some dollars and you can do it at my bookie right now. If you go to my bookie, they will double your first deposit. Use the promo code locked on to activate the offer. That's promo code locked on to double your first deposit at MyBookie. You play, you win, you get paid. The reopening is right around the corner, and there's a chance that no one has seen your balls in months. Don't ruin your first post quarantine date with a ball fro. Would you show up on the first day of school without a haircut? Manscaped is here to provide you the best tools for your grooming experience. Do you really want the next person to see your down there hair to think you weren't expecting anyone to see it? No one wants that. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin safe technology, your snags will be reduced while preparing yourself for post quarantine life. The Perfect Package 3.0 comes with the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0, water-resistant, cordless body trimmer, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0 also comes with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, the perfect one-two punch to keep your one-two punch fresh all day long. Subscribers to the Peak Hygiene Plan get a new replacement blade refill for your lawnmower trimmer delivered to your door every three months, making sure your trimmer stays fresh and clean so you can too. There is a light at the end of the tunnel, so treat yourself for making it through quarantine with the Lawnmower 3.0. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code locked on at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code locked on. All right, we're going to get to some of your questions here, and, and I got a ton of questions over the course of the week about the receivers. Uh, I got this from Matthew Lapina on Twitter. I've got some questions surrounding receiver and free agency. Two questions. Do you think the outcome of the game this Sunday will impact the need for a free agent pickup? And what do you th- th- see is most likely between Parker Sanders and Green? So first of all, I don't think the outcome of the game has any bearing on whether or not Green Bay goes out and signs someone. Unless. Unless it's just a complete disaster. Even then... I don't think what happens on Sunday is going to incentivize or de-incentivize Green Bay to make a move. If they think they can get someone who makes this team better, they're going to do it. And if they don't, then they won't. 
I don't I don't know if if there are going to be guys out there available. I don't know if AJ Green is really available via trade. I don't know if Emmanuel Sanders is really available via trade. I don't know if Devontae Parker is really available. That that is important information. You can't make trades that are not available to you. So the problem with all of these machinations is how do you try and and put the information that we have together and decide well, the Packers have this at their disposal. We don't know. We don't know. So the, the, the Packers have the guys that they have on their team, and that's who they have to take to Dallas with them, at least in the short term. At least in the short term, we have to operate under the assumption that this is the group of receivers that they're going to play with. And that means Jake Kumro is going to have to play. I think he is going to have the first chance to be the, the third receiver on this offense. Uh, he is finally healthy again. He played well in short bursts last year at the end of the season when he finally got that opportunity. There were some nice things to take away from what he did, on, the, especially against the Jets, had that long touchdown. He has the trust of Aaron Rodgers. So that, as much as anything else, has a, a, a meaningful impact on what happens on the field. And I think Darius Shepard, I don't, I don't know for sure. It looked to me last week like Darius Shepard took Alan Lazard's snaps because Lazard was playing, Devontae Adams goes out, Lazard plays another drive, does nothing. He has the funny pass interference thing where he points to the flag, and that's it. Darius Shepard ends up playing on that last drive and, and getting those crucial snaps. I don't know if Lazard was hurt, but I think if Kumara was going to play, and I don't think Kumaro is special, but I think Kumaro is a passable NFL replacement level receiver, then I don't think you need to have Allison, Lazard, and Kumaro all on the field at once. That's where Darius Shepard can come in and give you a different kind of look. He is a different kind of player, and that is, you know, it is potentially useful in this offense. Now, as we talked about all offseason, the slot receiver position for this offense is not the same as what Mike McCarthy's slot receiver position was. It does not require someone like Randall Cobb. Now, I understand that Randall Cobb has played well this year. And for those of you that listened yesterday uh, to, to Bob, he mentioned that it seemed like the Packers were a playmaker short. I agree with that. And that, that Randall Cobb is the kind of guy that they could use. I also agree with that. Now, just because... This offense doesn't require someone with his skill set doesn't mean that someone with his skill set couldn't be good in the offense. Those are not mutually exclusive, mutually exclusive principles. He's been good for Dallas, and seeing him across the field, I think for a lot of Packer fans, is going to be weird. It is, it is going to create some dissonance, especially going against the Packers and the matchups that they've had over the years. Uh, it, it's not that Cobb has been, you know, had had iconic moments against Dallas, but maybe he gets an iconic moment as a Dallas Cowboy. We'll see. Uh, but back to this point about the receivers, one thing I thought Matt Lafleur did extremely well last week was use the tight ends, find different ways to get Jimmy Graham the ball. They attacked the middle of the field there, even when Jimmy Graham didn't get the ball, he was affecting defenses. You could see safeties come over and draw coverage. You saw linebackers having to drop to adjust to where he was. And there were a couple times when they had multiple tight ends on the field. One in particular I'm thinking of where they had all three tight ends to one side of the formation and sent them all out on a route. 
and they it was a it was a combination route on that side of the field. They had guys open, and Rodgers just didn't have time because he was pressured to get to the the guys on that side of the field. That's something I think we'll see more of. More of these multi tight end sets to get the Packers these opportunities, and they need someone like Jimmy Graham to step up. They need Aaron Rodgers to create a little magic and for Geronimo Allison to play like he did last week. And they need Marquez Valdez-Scantling to play like he did two weeks ago to create those big plays down the field. They had a couple shots against the Eagles that they had dialed up, that they had ready to go, and pressure caused them to not be able to hit them. That's why Brian Bulaga being able to play this week would be huge. Alex Light was a problem against Philadelphia. Brandon Graham ate him for breakfast. And with with Bulaga on the field, that gives you better opportunities to try and hit some of these shot plays, to give Rodgers the opportunity to extend plays if guys aren't getting open preliminarily, because that's part of the thing with Rodgers. Last week, we saw that play extension as, as well as he has done it in the last two years. He was not great at it last year. I think that part of that had to do with the rookie receivers. Part of that had to do with his athleticism just not being where we're used to seeing it because of the injury. And and to see him again at that level, creating plays, extending them, using his feet to pick up first downs. Dallas is going to play a lot of man coverage. I think they're going to play a lot of single high safety. And so there are going to be opportunities to make plays down the field. If they can get Marquez Valdez-Scantling on one or two of those shot plays, that could be the difference in this game. And that's something that they're going to have to be willing to be a little bit more high variance. You have to keep taking those shots, even with Adams out. You have to keep pushing the ball down the field or you become too predictable. The, The geometry of the offense, everything bogs down. And it creates less space. It's like a it's like a basketball team that can't shoot. If you can't shoot, the pain is clogged because they're they're not going to respect you out to the three point line if you don't push teams down the field. And Adams is someone who can do that, but so is MVS. You have to be willing to take those shots. You have to be using Jimmy Graham and Robert Tanyan to push the ball down the middle of the field and 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 threaten all parts of the field to make sure that the defenses respect everything that you're doing. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network offers many same-day care options to fit your busy schedule. Your health is important, so stay on top of it this football season. Take advantage of what is possible through one of the many convenient ways to get the care you need from the area's leading physicians. In need of primary care, personalized care is delivered at more than 40 health centers and clinics throughout southeastern Wisconsin. Many locations offer Saturday and extended evening hours. You can even schedule that appointment directly online. Prefer to save yourself a trip? Schedule a visit site with your own doctor through the safe and secure MyChart app. Or request a virtual clinic appointment 24-7 and be seen by a board-certified provider in 30 minutes or less using your phone, tablet, or laptop. For more serious conditions, staff at urgent care clinics and emergency departments are ready to treat you when you need it most, even late at night. Whether in the comfort of your home or at one of many convenient locations, Freighter and the MCW Health Network staff will provide you with exceptional care rooted in innovation and discovery. To learn more about all these care options, visit www.freighter.com care or call 1-800-DOCTORS. The Freighter and the Medical College of Wisconsin Health Network, this is what is possible. Uh-huh. 
Williamson brings the scouts' perspective to the Locked On NFL podcast. You got to talk 2018 quarterbacks. Josh Allen has the best quarterback record aside from Lamar Jackson, but the lowest completion percentage other than Josh Rosen. He's just been a complete garbage for the most part when he's been allowed to play. Yeah, let's throw a couple nuggets out on Allen, and I know he's a lot bigger a lot stronger, but he kind of reminds me of early career RG3. What's kind of remarkable about Allen is he is so gifted, and he got better, I thought, this past year, which is encouraging with the anticipatory throws and the touch of his throws, but his deep ball passing is like the worst in the league. Hear Matt with co-host Brian Peacock every day on Locked On NFL. Subscribe or follow today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, uh, we can we can finish up here. Uh, I, I said earlier in the week that I, I felt like this was going to be a close game. The Cowboys, as of this recording, are favored by three and a half points. I think it should be closer to three. Uh, it is. It does feel like a field goal game, and it, it, without Devontae Adams, it's hard for me to pick the Packers. If if you know if Kevin King were going to be healthy and Michael Gallup were were not going to play as we thought going into the week that he wouldn't, then I think I would have an easier time picking Green Bay in this game. Uh, but I also picked against Green Bay in Week One, and look what happened. So, uh, and I picked Green Bay last week, and they lost. So, you know, who knows? Uh, that is that is part of the NFL and part of why it's fun uh, to watch every week because if we knew it was going to happen, you wouldn't have to watch. Wouldn't have to watch. So I, I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. I think it'll be somewhat similar to what we saw with Saints-Cowboys uh, where both teams struggle to move the ball. I don't think this is going to be a week where Ezekiel Elliott runs for 170 yards. I don't I don't see that happening. I don't see the offense for the Cowboys clicking. I think Jair Alexander is going to be awesome again against Amari Cooper, and this is a bounce-back week for Preston Smith, for Zadarius Smith. For Kenny Clark, even against what is a pretty good interior offensive line, especially on the right side with Zach Martin, Connor Williams, not a great player and and really has struggled, uh, struggled last week. If if, you know, you don't have either of your starting offensive tackles, that makes it easier for the defense to get what it wants because it can create problems for Dak Prescott. So as Marcus Mosier said earlier in the week, there is actually a higher correlation to success with Dak Prescott and Tyron Smith than Dak Prescott and Zeke Elliott. So Tyron Smith being out is a huge, huge deal. I don't expect that offense to look great. But I think Green Bay's offense is going to struggle to score points. I think they're going to struggle to move the ball at times. They're not going to be able to run the ball effectively against this Cowboys front. So this feels like one of those 21-17 type games, 2017-24-21 maybe, something like that. Uh, and Dallas wins late. So uh, I, I think it's going to be a really good game. And I, I, again, would not be surprised. I know this is this is a little weak, but I would not be surprised if Green Bay wins. I think Green Bay can absolutely go to Dallas and get the W. Uh, but there's, there's a lot right now working against them from an injury standpoint, uh, particularly with Adams. It was the one injury on offense they really couldn't afford to have given their depth there. So it is hard to project what this offense will look like given that we've only seen the offense be good really one time this year and it was with Devontae Adams lighting up another team. Without Devontae Adams, I think it's fair to have a lot of questions about what this team can do. Doesn't mean they can't win. 
we've seen Aaron Rodgers win games with Jared Boykin and Miles White. And so, you know, can he go to Dallas and, and create a little magic? Yeah, of course he can. Uh, if you want to be a part of shows like this one, uh, follow on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. That's probably how you found this. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts. Anywhere you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. for listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, but why stop now? Check out the daily Locked On Podcast Network for your favorite MLB team. Find it right now in your favorite podcast app and be sure to subscribe or follow so you never miss an episode. The Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.